What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. Now, there's very few days until the NFL draft actually begins, and this may be the final podcast recording before the actual draft. You know, we'll obviously have a ton of content coming out. I'm coming out with a ton of scouting profiles on different players. Joshua's going to be joining me on a bunch of those as well. So stay tuned for a lot of those. Let us know what players you guys want us to talk about. We will most definitely get to them. But in this first segment, in this first video, we are going to be doing a segment that we did last year. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun with it. It was draft or pass. You know, we got three prospects that we're going to bring up that some people are really high on, some people are really low on. We're going to talk about whether or not we think the Ravens should draft them or pass on them. And this segment is not designed for the first round players. This is designed for the later round draft picks that are much more debatable because obviously when you get a guy in the first round, they are a first round talent, especially when you're drafting at 14. So, you know, overall, most of the time it's going to be like, yeah, okay, well, we're fine with drafting them. But with these guys, you know, there's mixed opinions. Some people think that they have extreme boom potential and other people are like, you know what? These guys aren't that good. So guys, let us know what you guys are thinking about these players. Would you draft them? Would you pass on them? And if you would draft them, you know, what what round are you trying to get them in? You know, because obviously if you get a guy that's a third round talent in the seventh round, hey, you're probably going to draft him. But, you know, that's that first segment. Then we're going to get into, you know, in the second segment, we're going to be talking about the best day two corners for the Ravens to target, which is a position of need. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then finally, we're going to talk about the best O-lineman fits for the Ravens to draft because O-line, you know, a lot of people see that as a big need for this Ravens team. So if you guys want to see those segments right away, go check out the podcast platform. They will all be out, you know, right when this uh, first segment is uploaded on YouTube, or you can wait. And over the next couple of days, they will be coming out on YouTube as well. So Draft or pass, let's start out with a linebacker from Penn State University. Let's talk about Brandon Smith, the freak athlete that plays alongside Jesse Lukita. Joshua, when you're looking at Brandon Smith, what do you think about uh, with him potentially staying somewhat local uh, in Baltimore? Um, And the funny thing is, you know, I was kind of high on Brandon Smith, you know, but as I'm reading this, Draft profile. One thing stuck out stuck out to me, McConnell, and that is developmental player. Now, if y'all know how the Ravens roll, they love they love getting those you know those late round guys where they are developmental players where they can get some of the best uh, work out of them. Uh, for instance, Matthew Judon, Ryan Jensen, the list can go on. Even Gus Edwards, you know. So I mean, just the name a couple. I mean, and I believe Michael Pierce was also drafted in the later rounds as well, and we saw what he did when he uh, stepped on on the field as a Baltimore Raven. So what I'm going to say is since we have a Mike McDonald, a young guy, a high energy guy that used to be a linebacker coach that is now our defensive coordinator, I'm going to go say draft him. The reason I'm going to say draft him because he was a five-star recruit back in 2019, a two-year starter. We're talking about a 6'3", 6'3", frame, and also someone that can run a 4 or 5 and a 40. Someone that you can also line up man-to-man that does well in pass coverage. Um, the only thing that I did see that I was not pleased is you get the inconsistency. And I know everybody's going to say, well, Joshua, why bring in another guy that's inconsistent? You know, we already had Patrick Queen. Patrick, But y'all had to remember when we moved Patrick Queen over to the Will line, uh, linebacker, he started he started taking off. And this year, even when he gets his linebacker coach, he, and also even – I know Zachary Orr deals with the outside linebackers, but he played a little bit of middle as well. So you got two young guys that's a defensive coordinator and linebacker coach that knows how to get the best productivity out of these young men. 
And I feel like, you know, when you bring in when you bring in a young man with Brandon Smith and you have him play play with, you know, uh the Lightning and Patrick Queen or the Thumper and uh, Malik Harrison, or even you and also let's not forget you do have Josh Bonds. Yes, he may not be the most uh star selling name, but he is he is an efficient and solid linebacker here in this Ravens uh middle linebacker core. So I do feel like, you know, to keep on building. I mean, we'd have a nice, strong nucleus, in my opinion. Why I would say uh, go ahead and draft them because this year, in my opinion, with this year's schedule, that will be dropping this Thursday. Um, you can get you can get you can get those developmental players, and you can you can work on them this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you when you're looking at Brandon Smith. You know, he may be a little bit of a raw player. However, at the same time, he's coming into a position where we do have starters ahead of him. He is a depth piece that would be drafted, but since he's being drafted at a position that is highly utilized on special teams, he would still play. However, it would just be, hey, you be Gunner, you run down, make those big hits, right? So we're bringing in a Mike McDonald who coached against him uh, at the University of Michigan. Zachary Orr, who was a, I believe he was an undrafted player, Um, coming in, who had to work his tail off to end up becoming the all-pro that he became, they're going to be able to get these linebackers to improve. And, you know, Josh Bynes is getting older, so we need that third linebacker in the future to be able to come in and step up. And Brandon Smith could very well be that guy in a couple of seasons. But, you know, as he's young, he can use his athleticism um, to be able to go out and make some tackles on special teams um, and get out there and still be an impact player. But, um, you know, when you're drafting a linebacker for this team, you're most likely not drafting any player to be a starter from day one. That's just not how the linebacker uh, situation is in Baltimore right now. Unlike, you know, two, three years ago when we're like, oh, man, we need a linebacker. Let's get Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison because we need some players to actually play the position. Yeah, We need depth there. And it's still a need. Um, It's just a need to have depth which is why we like these guys in the later rounds to be able to go out there and draft them so then they can help improve this team um, from the ground up. You know, he's not going to go out there and, you know, get, you know, 100 tackles his rookie year, but he can go out there and get, you know, 15 to 20, uh, you know, combined from special teams to, you know, maybe getting in on some situations. But, you know, I, I really like Brandon Smith. Uh, Adafi Owe, he was a raw prospect as well. Really good athlete coming out of Penn State. Yep. I mean, that's that's just the type of player Penn State has been putting out right now. So I, I'm definitely on board with drafting Brandon Smith. You know, obviously, if we get him in, you know, late third, early fourth uh, type of situation. Next player is maybe, maybe the biggest name, you know, that I see the Ravens fans, you know, putting in their mock drafts, commenting, oh, you should go get this. When we go live and we're doing the live mock drafts, everyone's talking about getting this man. Everybody wants Jalen Petrie, cornerback safety hybrid out of the University of Baylor. Or is it Baylor University? I honestly don't really know. I'm not a Baylor fan. Shout out to RG3. But Jalen Petrie, corner, safety, second round potential, should the Ravens go after Jalen Petrie in this draft? Now, obviously, the, the big caveat is if the Ravens don't draft corner in the first round, should they go after Jalen Petrie in the second round? Because obviously, if we draft, if we get, you know, if we draft 
you know, Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley or, you know, someone of that caliber, uh, we're probably not going after Petrie. But let's say we don't get a corner in that first round. Joshua, are you drafting or are you passing on Jalen Petrie in the second? Um, So, I know I saw his name before. You know, I did a little bit of research on him. Um, I do see that he is one of those dynamic players. You can line him up anywhere and things of that nature. But also, when you line someone up, you know, that has that uh, little frame in the NFL, if you're not a Honey Badger, if you're not a Tony Jefferson, if you're not a Buda Baker, you know, guys like them that knows how to use their skills, their athleticism to get around those guys, you know, you can't you can't get away. You know, I, I didn't see them in the report that, you know, if a tight end gets them, it's pretty much, it's, it's a TKO for them. So, you know, in this in this case, and since it's coming out the Pac-12, I'm going I'm to I'm pass on them. Not saying no, no corners. Uh, that came out the Pac-12 were good, but um, I believe was is is Baylor in the Pac-12 or a Big 12? Big 12. Okay, my fault. <laughs> my fault, y'all. Um, not saying no good corners come out the Big 12, but me honestly, I'd rather we have a guy out of the SEC. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's he's an interesting prospect. You know, I, honestly, I think I'm gonna say pass on him. Just for the fact that I think that there's better players the Ravens could target in that second round. And don't worry, guys. We will be talking about all those players in the next segment. That's the best day two corner segment. But, like, yes, he's good. You know, would I be would I be throwing, you know, my water bottle through my window if we drafted him? No, I would not. You know, this isn't a Jordan Davis. Uh, <laughs> had to get it out there. But overall, when I'm looking at him, he does have talent. He does have the ability to play, but cornerback, safety, hybrids, I feel like we already have two of those players on this roster. We have Brandon Stevens and we have our Darius Washington. I don't want to draft a player that's going to be thrown into the same versatility um, you know, situation that those guys have been put into because two is arguably already too much. But having three would just be, you know, absurd because it would just be so difficult for him to find space because when we're like, oh, we need a guy that can play corner um, and safety, we're going to throw him out there. Well, we we just drafted Brandon Stevens, you know, so it's just going to be difficult for, I think, him to see the field it, in comparison to if we drafted a player that was more of cornerback focused, you know, coming out, you know, of college. Now, he does have potential for him to come in and be a solid corner in the NFL, but yeah. You know he he isn't he isn't the biggest guy, you know he is five foot eleven, which isn't bad by any means. But you know I'm just a little bit worried about him. You know being a versatility player. You know in the secondary where, you know yes he is a good man coverage player, but you know the Big Twelve is also like the worst defensive conference in football, which is a little bit um, scary to me. I mean. Like every year, what teams are the highest scoring teams? Oh, it's like Oklahoma and yep. it's Baylor and it's Oklahoma State. It's the Big 12 because there's like no defense. And I'm not saying he can't play defense and Baylor can't do anything. But my just concern is that, you know, him being a pure cornerback, which is what I think the Ravens would need him to be, I'm a little bit worried about whether or not he would be able to do that at the level the Ravens need from day one, you know, at that cornerback spot. I think there's other players that are more. NFL cornerback focus ready uh, than Petrie. But I think he's a really great prospect. Again, if we drafted him, I wouldn't be angry, but I think I'm going to pass on him and, and go after another guy. 
Now, the final player is another player that a lot of people really love in this draft. Some would argue is the best tight end in this NFL draft. I'm going to disagree with that because we all know Jalen Wittermeyer, best tight end in the draft. Uh, but let's talk about Jelani Woods, the six foot seven former quarterback converted tight end at the University of Virginia. And he is one of the most athletic tight ends in NFL combine history, you know, in across the board. Is he the fastest? No, he, he ran a 4640, which isn't bad by any means, but he's just an overall athletic freak that is going to be able to perform, you know, whether he is catching the ball or if he is going to be, you know, trying to use his physicality to try some, you know, blocking. He, he's not an amazing blocker, but he's definitely seen as a really solid pass catcher with athleticism that has potential to be a really good blocker. Like, he's got the frame to be a great blocker. But Joshua, Jelani Woods, tight end of the University of Virginia, former quarterback, not to be confused with Tony Poljan, who's also like a six foot seven tight end, former quarterback out of the University of Virginia. Are you going to draft him, or are you going to pass on him and maybe go for another tight end in this draft uh, later? Yo, for the simple fact that we already have another uh, converted quarterback tight end um, on the roster from the University of Virginia, I will um, pass on him. Yes, he is a developmental tight end. Um, you know, he has that big catch radius, but also something that some things that did uh, stick out to me is his route running. Um, I know that we have some of the best guys in the business that can, you know, assist with that. But even so, another thing that uh, kind of bothered me was he has the drop seats. And right now, because of, of the urgency that this Ravens organization is in, we don't need to make it back to the playoffs, and we don't need 14 or 7 drops again by any of our wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs. We need these guys catching the ball, going forward, getting positive yards. So, you know, nothing against him. He may work somewhere else, but right now where, we, where we're at, and what we in the type of uh, offensive weapons that we need, I'm going to pass on them. I wouldn't be upset if the Ravens drafted Jelani Woods. You know, if the Ravens draft a tight end, I'm happy in this draft, right? Like, I, I think the Ravens should draft a tight end. But in my opinion, I think Jelani Woods, while he does have incredible potential, he's not my tight end one. But at the same time, I think I'm going to go with draft, actually. You know, yes, Wittermeyer is my number one uh, tight end for the Ravens to go after in the draft. You know, best tight end in the draft. You know, you know, I got to say it every time I have the opportunity. But Y'all know who my guy is, a Quanco out of the University of Maryland. Just, just saying. <laughs> but, you know, the, the big thing with him is, like, if we draft him, He's got the size that the Ravens need, the potential to be a really good blocker. You know, he can go out there and he can run good routes. As a third tight end, I think it's worth it. So even though he's not my favorite tight end in the draft, I do think that it would be worthwhile to draft him. Now, I think they could get better value a little bit later, maybe in the fifth round with Wittermeyer, best tight end in the draft. But <laughs> overall, I'm going to say draft on Jelani Woods. I'm completely okay with that, but... Guys, let us know what you guys are thinking about Brandon Smith, Jalen Petrie, Jelani Woods, any players you guys want us to do, you know, scouting profiles on before the draft because only a few days away, you know, I have a goal of putting out at least three videos every single day up until the draft. 
which is a lot of videos, but they're going to be a lot of scouting profiles. So stay tuned for all of those. So if you guys comment players, definitely be getting to them, but let's get into the next segment. Let's talk about, in my opinion, the biggest need on the Baltimore Ravens roster cornerback. They only have four. Now they do have future all pro Amon Marshall. They have current all pros in Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Like they have some players, but the depth there is is very needed. And day two is the second and third round. And I think the Ravens are almost guaranteed to draft a corner in this spot. They just need a cornerback that badly. They have three picks currently on day two. They have two thirds and they have um they have one second. So like they, they have the potential to draft them. And there's a lot of day two cornerbacks that are really good. Even if they draft a day one player like a, you know, I'll go, you know, less likely in a Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner. But, you know, even if they get a, a Booth or McDuffie or somebody like that, they may they may very well still go after a cornerback in the second round. So let's talk about some day two corners. You know, overall, who is the best day two corner for the Ravens to go after Joshua? There's a lot of names, you know, you know, I'll throw out some names, you know, just so people feel like we didn't, you know, forget players, but Kair Elam, Roger McCreary, Tariq Woolen, Marcus Jones were just some names, you know, that, you know, are worth talking about. There's other players, you know, not trying to count out anybody else, but those are the players that, you know, we're going to highlight. Who's the best guy, you know, day two, who's your target cornerback for the Ravens to draft? Um, man, you know, I would say Kair, but, you know, we didn't had, we didn't had our run-ins with Elam's coming out of the University of Florida, having, having, in, having been injury prone, which honestly, Kair Elam is another one that's a little injury prone. Um, you know, I, I saw, I saw Marcus Jones come out of University of Houston, 5'8 guy, uh, but he plays, but he plays big. Hey, I would love to see, I would love to see a young man like that in our slot. But honestly, I think I'm going to go with Mr. Roger McCrary out of Auburn. He's 5'11", 190 pounds, and he has great athleticism for his size. Now, that sounds like someone else out of the SEC, um, <clears throat> Mr. Derek Stingley. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, but I mean, honestly, y'all, for the simple fact that you know he ran a four-five, you know, broad trunk is uh, was a nine-eight vertical was a 31, 31.5. I mean, the dude can pretty much do it. He can do it all. He can get he can get around. He can stick. He can stick with the best wide receivers. He's very silky, very smooth, uh, very fluid in in his movement. I mean, when you look at corners like that, you know we need those type of impact players. I mean, we kept on talking about it because in this upcoming season. We might just see Marlon be uh, in the slot more. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not at uh, the facility. I don't know what's really going on. But honestly, you know, uh, Marlon is one of our best corners on this team. Well, not one. He is the best corner on our team. Uh, TTB family, Ravens flock uh, family. Y'all can fight me on that any day. But um, now come on, Marshall. See, there we go. Um, <laughs> But he's going to be lined up on, you know, opposing teams' best wide receivers. We all know that. Sometimes he gives up plays. Sometimes, you know, he, you know, he he lights out. He straps up. But I mean, honestly, for the workload that you know Marlon Humphrey uh, put in last year, he needs some impact guys on those outside that can give him a lot of more help and give him some breathe and, and give him a breather. 
because uh, I don't want to overwork none of my guys, especially, you know, Marlo, neither Marcus Peters, you know. I mean, I'm glad that we got the addition of Marcus Williams, but we still need guys, you know, in that depth for corner and also to be immediate impact players. And I think, you know, when, uh, when McCurry's uh, abilities to, you know, be aggressive, you know, uh, peep the blind spots and just be there, you know, he's, he's pretty good at that. So I, I would like him to be, you know, in that purple and black this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I'm also a big Roger McCreary fan. I think that as a man coverage corner, he's one of the best in this draft class, which is what the Ravens really like to do. But I'm going to, you know, my favorite guy day two, Marcus Jones. He's my favorite player in this draft class. I think he's the, I mean, he is one of the best kick return prospects in the history of football. His comparison is Mr. Human Joystick, uh, Dante Hall, as a return specialist. Like and then that. also has great ball skills um, and physicality to be able to play the cornerback position. He lights people up. Like he is a, you know, he's a big time heavy hitter, which is surprising considering he is only 5'8", but he is not afraid to throw his body around. Um, very physical. And he's also been used on offense, you know, as a gadget player, you know, which I love in the versatility side of things. But, you know, Marcus Jones is my number one, but it's not, it's more than just the cornerback spot. Uh, if we were looking at it as like, okay, they can only play corner, you know, no returning, no no being an offensive weapon by any means. I, I think I'm going to agree with you, Joshua. I think it would be Roger McCreary and then uh, Tariq Woolen. I think Tariq Woolen is a, a very intriguing prospect, obviously coming out of a much smaller school than, mm. you know, all these other players, you know, at Texas San Antonio. But he is... He is just an unbelievable athlete. I mean, he ran a 4-2 40-yard dash. He only has two years of cornerback experience. That just scares me for the fact that the Ravens need players right now to play NFL caliber cornerback. Right. It's going to be very difficult for him to adjust to be a starting caliber cornerback or a, you know, cornerback number. I mean, honestly, if we're drafting a player in the second round, they gotta be a cornerback. Four, and you know, most likely, unless we get a guy in the first round. So it's like, I don't know if he's ready from day one to be the player the Ravens need when they draft a corner, which is why I think McCreary is more ready. Uh, Marcus Jones is more ready, but the potential of Tariq Willen is so high that I am okay with drafting him. I do think it would still be worth it. I just have other players that I would rather get um, Marcus Jones at one than McCreary at two, but Kyrie Elam. Nothing against Kyrie Elam, but I, I'm just a little bit worried that, you know, maybe he's not going to be able to, you know, be a tackler that the Ravens need him to be. You know, he's, it's just, he's not a complete prospect yet. And again, the Ravens need someone from day one to be able to go out and play. And it's just like, I'm just scared of drafting a player that, you know, we had his uncle, but his uncle didn't even work out. So it <laughs> makes it very difficult for me to be like, oh, well, he's got the connection. Yeah, the connection. Yeah, the guy that, you know, wasn't very good. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, nothing against him. I think he's a solid prospect. But the Ravens need guys that can, from day one, be out there covering players. And I think Marcus Jones and McCreary are the, the best guys for that job. But no, you I guys definitely... let us know, please. But what do you, any other guys that you want to talk about? 
I was gonna say, I mean, I definitely agree with you because I mean, um, even even when I look at T- Tariq Woolen's uh scouting, you know, he's another developmental guy. I mean, yes, we like those guys and everything like that. Um, yes, this can be a possible uh year where those developmental guys get that type of play time where you know, once you get that experience, you become better, you know, because you know, some people, you know, the way they become better is by actually getting those uh actual physical reps. Um, the thing about Tyreek Woolen. I mean, excuse me, Tariq Willen, um, he's best He's best worked out in the zone. But, I mean, the upside that he has, that he was a converted wide receiver. I mean, that's – and also someone else that was a converted wide receiver that came off with 11 picks this uh, previous season was Trayvon Diggs. Granted, he did give up a lot of yards, but when he did make plays, he made plays. So, I mean, anything is possible. Um, he could be a household name if he was a draft him, but he has to be able – if he gives up a lot of yards like Trayvon Diggs, he gonna have to get eleven picks in Baltimore as well too. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just like he has the potential to be one of the best cornerbacks in this draft. It's just like, can the Ravens wait on potential at a position where they need players right away? Exactly. It, it's just very tough to judge. But guys, I, I want to know what you guys are thinking about the cornerback spot. Who's your target day two cornerback? You know, also Jalen Petrie's another guy. We talked about him in the drafter pass, which is why we haven't talked about him um, now. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check out the the other segment. We talk a lot about Jalen Petrie in that as a highlighted player. But you know, overall, those are kind of our thoughts on the day two cornerbacks. You know, one of the biggest needs for the Ravens is to get cornerback depth, cornerback starting potential. You know, let us know what you guys are thinking about that. But let's get into the the final um, the final segment of this recording the offensive line is arguably the most controversial um position of need for the baltimore ravens there's some people that are like no we got guys you know we we have our starters right you know i'm totally fine with you know ronnie stanley's coming back to be in peak form you know we've got you know ben cleveland or ben powers We've got, you know, I, I really believe in Patrick McCarry and Kevin Seidler and then Morgan Moses. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, we're set at offensive line. And then other people are like, oh, man, Ronnie Stanley's not going to be the same. We can't start Patrick McCarry at center. You know, he was terrible. He had that horrible playoff game. Oh, man, we can't we can't rely on Ben Cleveland. Like, some people are, like, really against the offensive line and really believe that we need to address it. Let us know what side you guys are on. Is it a massive need or are we set? Um, but we're going to be talking about the best O-line prospects for the Ravens to draft. Now, spoiler alert, we're not talking about any first-round players. There are guys, right? You know, guys like Charles Cross, Ikene Okonkwo, um, you know, Tyler Linderbaum. Um, you know, th- there's players. But we wanted to go into the later rounds because it's more likely the Ravens draft players in the later rounds at the offensive line spot. That's where they've done it traditionally, um, outside of, like, Ronnie Stanley. That's really where, where they've been going. You know, look at Ben Cleveland, look at Ben Mason. Uh, you know, a lot of guys in the later rounds. Well, best offensive line fits. Who is your guy, Joshua, that you think is the, the best fit for this Ravens team? You know, wherever in the draft, but, you know, there's a lot of guys. We have some that we've kind of highlighted that we'll talk about, but um, there, there's like... 400 offensive line prospects you know we can't talk about them all in one video so who's who are your favorite guys um i mean y'all y'all know previously i was talking about daniel flahey 
Then everything dropped with the scene with, the, with uh, during the Senior Bowl where he was getting pushed back and everything like that. I, I know, I know, everybody's like, "Oh no, uh, he was in the past pro." You know, he, he got pushed back. I mean, when you're doing when you're doing your steps, when you're doing past pro, you're already going backwards. So I mean, it didn't make it no better. But um, honestly, a guy that's out that has been um, on my radar is Mr. Darian Kennard out of University of Kentucky. Um, just let me pull up his because I believe he's like a six five. He's a six five guy, and about in the, you know I believe he's in the three hundreds, and he yep. is a right tackle, six four, three hundred twenty four pounds. Um, one thing that sticks out sticks out about him to for me is his aggressiveness. You know, right now on that offensive line, I'm not gonna say we have cupcake guys, but we do not have nobody with the the physicality as a Ryan Jensen or a Matt Burke or Edwin Mutatalo or Kalicho or Simile right now. You know, I mean, the only guy in my opinion that hasn't got enough play time that is a mauler, that is a dog, is Big Sexy, a.k.a. Ben Cleveland. You know, Big Boneyard that's still eating squirrels. You know, shout out to him. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but hey, shout out to him. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, y'all, um, I see that he's he's great on the one-on-ones. He doesn't mind putting it, putting his um, um, his opposition in the dirt. We love that type of energy here in Baltimore. You know, we are one-style uh, offense first, and if you're going to be a run-style offense and still going to run the ball and barely pass the ball with any creativity, you're going to need some nasty guys up front to protect, you know, your franchise QB and also some of the best running back, the running back duel in uh in the, this year upcoming year. Yeah, I'm saying it because I got three guys that's going to be in the running for comeback player of the year, and it's three and it's three guys uh, that's on our team, and it's Lamar Jackson. Gus and J.K. Dobbins. I'm saying it right now, and I'm and I'm claiming it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, he's a mauler. He's a he, you know he doesn't mind getting dirty. You know, the only thing he has to really work on is his is his hand technique, and the, honestly, for his athleticism, he hasn't reached his plateau yet. So he can get better. He can get stronger. He has smooth feet, smooth footwork. Excuse me. So you know, adding a Darius, a Darian, excuse me, a Darian Kennard. Uh, with this offensive line, and also maybe even move uh, Mr. Moses, Mr. Mr. Morgan Moses, to the left tackle until Ronnie Stanley comes back healthy, and let Darian Kennard get those reps at right tackle, or even vice versa. I think that would be the smart move. I'm going to agree with you, and I, I I do think that tackle is probably the bigger spot that I'm worried about drafting. Now, center is someone that I think the Ravens should go out and draft or, you know, sign in, you know, undrafted free agents and things like that. Don't worry. I, I do think the Ravens should do that. But I, I think tackle, just because we don't know when Ronnie's going to be able to come back, he may not be ready to go from day one. So. Yeah. You know, we need to go after some players that can play. And I like Darian Kennard. I think he would be a really solid one. But I'm going to go with Daniel Flitley. Just because he reminds me too much of a man by the name of Zeus Jr. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best nickname for him. But I like, I don't know, Baby Zeus, Zeus Jr. It's tough to call him Baby um, when, you know, he's like six foot eight, 330 pounds. But Daniel Flitley is very similar to a Orlando Brown Jr. You know, he, he came out and it was just like, oh, he's just so, he's a bit raw, but his size and frame is as good as you can get, right? You can't teach height, 
whatsoever. You can teach technique, and the Ravens have actually done a phenomenal job when it comes to teaching technique at the offensive tackle position because the players that the Ravens have drafted and they've just randomly thrown it tackle, they've actually done very well. It's the players that they didn't draft and they were veterans and they threw out there like Alejandro Villanueva where it was like, oh my gosh, no, get him off the field. We didn't get to teach him how to play. All right. You know, he also got a lot older. He used to be a, one of the best tackles in the NFL. But, you know, you look at Patrick McCarry. He was, a, you know, a center and interior offensive line prospect. And the Ravens were like, oh, man, we need you to play tackle. He was like, okay. And it was like, whoa. He's actually, he's not a guy that isn't bad. He's actually good. He was a good offensive tackle for the Ravens when he was healthy. I feel like um, when we, if we draft Daniel Falahi, he's someone who, he may not start week one, just like Orlando Brown. It took Orlando Brown like halfway through the season before he was able to get in. Flaley could go out there and just work. And eventually, if there is an injury or something unfortunate happens, he could slide in. But I just want to get him in with the Ravens trainers because I think his potential is one of the highest in this draft at the offensive line spot. Because of his size, because of his strength. You know, yeah, he had he had an unfortunate senior bowl. But you know who had a really unfortunate combine? Orlando Brown Jr. You know, sometimes it's just not your day, right? Tiger Woods has played round, bad rounds of golf, right? Tom Brady has missed passes. Now, is Daniel Flaley, uh, you know, the greatest player of all time? No. I'm going to say watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Tom Brady of offensive tackles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They call him the Tiger Woods of the line. But, no, I mean, it's just something where, like, he had a bad day. And then, you know, Jermaine Johnson had a great day. So, we can work with him, and I think we could get him up to being a very good tackle. This isn't a sixth-round pick projection, like a Stone Stone Forsyth, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, not Georgia, Florida, that ended up going to, I believe, Seattle. He was like a fifth, sixth round projection, and it was like, he's just massive. He's so big. He has so much potential. Philele is a second, third round projection. He is not a guy where it's like, oh, man, he's just like back end of the draft. You can draft him for potential. No, this guy was a starter. He came out of IMG Academy, I believe. He was. I believe he's actually from Australia or New Zealand and ended up coming over uh, to play you know, football at IMG and then the University of Minnesota. So I really do like him as a prospect. Even though he's fallen off of a lot of Ravens fans' radars, I still think he's a, a valuable player to draft in the tackle spot. So I think he's probably my number one best O-lineman fits, uh, you know, at a reasonable spot. Now, obviously, if a guy like Ikema Konkwo falls to 14, draft him. <laughs> like, like that's you know arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft. So no arguments there. No arguments there. Yeah, like the biggest thing for me is just like, hey, he's a really solid player to get you know day two. But you know, on the interior side of the offensive line, Joshua, what are you thinking? Are there guys that you're looking out for? Maybe center or guard that you think we should draft or would at least be good fits to draft uh, in Baltimore. Um. I don't. I know Cade Mays. He's uh one of those solid guys. He was at the senior senior bowl. I think he was he was one of those guys with the shirt always half up. But he came out of University of Tennessee. Um, don't know too. I don't know too much about him, but I know he's 
he has that dog mentality. But someone else that I do like coming out of the University of Memphis is Dylan Parham, the converted tight end linebacker that played Danny Edward. It's just like somebody else we know that we gave a three-year extension. Doesn't that sound familiar, TTB family? Doesn't that sound familiar, Ravens flock? Because I know a lot of us are banking on, you know, Patrick McCarry being that starting center. I mean, and don't get me wrong, y'all. I had nothing against Patrick McCarry. He literally, he he has a warrior mentality because he's still trying to play center, even though his thumb was cut. He should have said something, could have wrapped it up, whatever the case, and we could have kept on moving, but you didn't. But, hey. It is what it is. We're moving forward and, you know, hope for the best. But Dylan Parham, he's another guy that's been versatile. He's been playing left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle. The only position he hasn't played yet is center. But because of his, I think I think he's another 6'3", 313-pounder. Um, the um, They are listing him as a center to, to become a center in, in this year's NFL um, draft. I mean, honestly – you know, with the IQ of going from tight end to linebacker, you know, that really sticks out to me. You know, he does have smooth, he does have good footwork, smooth ability to, uh, to get side to side. The only thing is that that um, he lacks is that anchor ability to hold down and hold those blocks. And, you know, when, you, when, when you're the sitter, you have to be one of the smartest guys on the field. You have to be able to hold, sustain those blocks. You have to be able to, you know, get ready to engage as soon as you hike that ball. And be able to, you know, survey the field. Um, I think that gonna I think that comes with time. I think, you know, once you get those reps, get those live reps and keep on working, because honestly, this upcoming year, we had too many moving pieces um on that offensive line. And once we get a solidified offensive line when Ronnie Stanley returns back and those guys gel and build chemistry, they're gonna be better because that right side with Zeitler and Morgan Moses off the rip from day one. That's going to be that's going to be the strongest side of the offensive line until we figure out what's going on on that, on that left side because left guard is questionable, and also until Ryan Stanley gets back, that is a questionable position as well. So I mean, you know, bringing in another versatile versatile guy, someone being willing and able to learn how to play center. I know we had uh, Cologne as well, but we need someone that's you know that can be more solidified. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a fan of Dylan Parham. You know, he that versatility is something that I'm looking for, especially on the interior of this offensive line, right? We don't know exactly what the Ravens want to do at center. If Patrick McCarty needs to play tackle, well, then we have Tristan Colon-Castillo, who the Ravens did uh, retain the rights for or extend the contract. However, it is that, you know, the undrafted, uh, you know, 53-man roster contract stuff works. Um, he's staying, but... We need that versatility. You know, we don't know exactly who's starting at left guard. Is Ben Powers that guy? You know, is Big Sexy Ben Cleveland that guy? We don't really know uh, what the Ravens want to do. So I do like versatility there. Um, my favorite guy is Cole Strange out of Chattanooga. He he played left tackle, he played left guard, and he played center. That's as versatile as you can get, <laughs> you know, when yeah. it comes to playing the offensive line. He only started, I think, one game at, game at center. Uh, but... That, that shows that he is willing and able to adapt. And I like that because the Ravens oftentimes ask their offensive linemen to be willing and able to adapt, right? We drafted a man by the name of Tyree Phillips. And all of a sudden, we were like, hey, play right tackle. Hey, play left guard. Hey, play right guard. And he was like going all over. Now, on the interior, monster player. On the yeah. tackle side, 
wasn't as good as we would have hoped, but it was the versatility. We found, hey, maybe he's not great at tackle. And a lot of people were like, oh, he's such a bust, right? Because he couldn't play tackle. All of a sudden, we throw him on the interior, and everyone was like, wait a minute, this guy's really good. Because the versatility allowed us to him to focus in on what he was really good at, and then now, you know, he's a guard. And he's a very solid guard. Well, we could find out Cole Strange, maybe he could, you know, compete for reps at center. He could compete at the back of tackle spot. He could compete at the left guard spot. Uh, backup right guard spot you know he can play everywhere you know heck we could throw him in at swing tackle i don't know also dylan parham swing tackle you know former tight end linebacker you know that athleticism (laughs) uh you know so there's a lot of potential with a lot of these with these guys you know on the interior and that's why i think both of us liked them was because they're versatile and we don't know exactly what the ravens need because we they haven't come out and said here's the plan here's the day one opening offensive line we don't know Who's starting at left tackle day one? We don't know who's starting at left guard. We don't really know who's starting at center because Makari may be starting at tackle. And then it could be Tristan Colon. But do they believe in Tristan Colon? I don't know. So Cole Strange, Dylan Parham, definitely good guys to, to look out for in this draft. I like the fact that you brought up Cole Strange because guess who his comp player is? I have no idea. I'm going to guess Ryan Jensen, a former Raven. Nope, someone that's someone that's uh currently a uh, center that's currently in free agency coming out of Cleveland, JC Treader. Ah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people want JC Treader too. I was about to say if we can't get JC Treader and we pick up Cole Strange, I'm all for it. <laughs> oh yeah. If we can't get him, get the guy that's supposed to become him, right? You know, oh man, we can't get LeBron James in free agency. All right, let's draft Brawny. I'll take it. <laughs> I got to that. Yeah. Um, so, guys, let us know who are your offensive linemen uh, players that you want to look out for. And like I brought up, and I think both of the other segments, going to be putting out a ton of NFL player draft profile scouting reports and stuff like that. You know, my goal is free a day up until the draft. And then during the draft, it's going to be an absurd amount of content. Um, don't worry. Make sure to hit the notification bell, you know, make sure you're subscribed and make sure to let us know who you guys want us to talk about, because that's who we're going to talk about, right? You know, I've got players that I, you know, want to make videos on, but I've also gotten a lot of comments on players that you guys want me to make videos on. I'll do both. I will talk about them. Like we will be talking about a lot of players. Don't worry. We will get to them, whether it's an offensive line or, you know, hey, maybe we'll come out with a Matt Ariaza. Uh, the punter out of San Diego State video. The scouting report everybody wants. I don't know. You know, whoever you guys want to hear about, we can definitely talk about them. You know, should the Ravens draft them? You know, what are their pros? What are their cons? Things like that. It's going to be a ton of content. Make sure you subscribe. And we'll see all of you again next time. And check out the Trust the Bank podcast on podcast platforms if you're just watching on YouTube. And if you're watching on podcast platforms, thank you. We appreciate you. Um, make sure to rate and review. And we'll see all of you again next time.